Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Tonight, it is November 26th, 2021. It is Friday, and there is a whole lot to get to on tonight's show. Two Big 12 games to get through from the day, but also news that Sonny Dykes is officially going to be, uh, well, not official by the school yet, but he is going to be the next head coach at Texas Christian University. Uh, he will be the coach of their football team moving forward. That news broke tonight. It was news we're waiting on for a long time. So we'll get to that in today's action coming up on the show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, before we get into it here, just want to plug this show. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find us on YouTube. Just look up the Locked On Big 12 podcast. And also, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, whatever all the podcasting apps are out there. We are available there as well. Once again, Friday, November 26th, recording this at 633 uh, Central Time. And so as I am speaking right now, there is two minutes and four seconds left in the TCU-Iowa State game. Iowa State a comfortable 48-14 to advantage right now over the Horned Frogs. Looks like they will not be bowling, but they do have our number one piece of news. So we'll circle back to the game here in just a little bit. But the big news of the evening is this. Sonny Dykes is t- uh, tabbed, I guess you could say to be the next head coach of the TCU Horn Frogs football team. And this today started Ian Fitzsimmons was the first person that we saw had it. Uh, obviously guys plugged in there in the Dallas area with sports radio. I am going to read uh, from Mr. Dave Wilson of ESPN headline here. says TCU Horn Frogs tab SMU Mustangs coach Sonny Dykes as next head football coach, sources say. As SMU, just, he says just that. SMU coach Sonny Dykes will be the new head coach at TCU. Sources confirmed by ESPN. Dykes 51 is 30 and 17 in four seasons at SMU, including 25 and 9 in the past three. 2019, Dykes led SMU to a 10 and 2 season, becoming the first Mustangs coach to win 10 games in a season since Bobby Collins in 1984 prior to the NCAA's death penalty they gave the program. His 659 winning percentage is the second best at the school behind Mr. Collins. Dykes is going to replace Gary Patterson, who was fired October 34th after 24 seasons in Fort Worth and 21 as the head coach. Now, here's the interesting part of this as well. It looks like Rhett Lewis is going to be the head coach now uh, at SMU, which is a very interesting development So Rhett Lewis, the offensive coordinator currently at the University of Miami, is going to – excuse me, Rhett Lewis. Rhett Lashley (laughs) – Rhett Lewis covers covers football. Uh, Rhett Lashley is going to be the new um, offensive – the new head coach, excuse me, at SMU. Uh, And they could reach an agreement in the next couple days. But basically for them, you know, to to, the agreement for him to be the head coach is essentially in place. So – Uh, I'll stop right there. This felt like this was in the works for a long time. Now, Sonny is scheduled to coach 
the SMU game tomorrow against um, against Tulsa, I believe it is. So right now that is obviously something that I, I mean I believe he is going to do that. Um, but you can already see right now on, on his Wikipedia page, TCU. Uh, you know they, they have him as the head coach of the future. He was an offensive analyst there at TCU back in 2017. Obviously SMU very familiar with that area. Texas Tech. He was wide receivers coach 2000 to 04. Uh, he was the co-offensive coordinator for 05 to 06. And then, uh, you know, he moved on after that. But obviously somebody with a lot of Texas ties. Sonny is obviously his father, Spike Dykes, coached there for a while. And at 52 years old, he is now the next uh, head coach at TCU. So this is this is a move, once again, that we saw coming. Um, you know, this is this is not a surprise to anybody. I will say it does make the rivalry a bit more spicy than I think we all thought it would be to start off, right? This this rivalry does tick up a couple notches after this announcement. And I also want to say, if you guys want some more TCU-related analysis, you can go over to Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox will have you covered there. Look, everybody wants the great hires. I don't know if it's going to be a good hire, but here's what makes sense. It makes sense that Sonny Dykes is from Texas. You know, he coached at SMU, right? So this kind of is a good is a good connecting factor. The fact that he was in the same Metroplex as TCU, did a good job pulling some recruits elsewhere. He's already been forming a staff the last week or so, and now it's been leaked. So uh, the transition is going to begin here now very shortly. And this seems to make sense. Obviously, Gary was a titan. Gary Patterson, I mean, is a titan in this coaching industry. Um and it feels like a little bit, you know, like Sonny Dykes is nowhere near the level of Gary Patterson. But at the time, in the space we're currently operating in, in college football, you know, TCU kicked the tires on Kellen Moore, they said. They also offered Matt, you know, they talked to Matt Campbell as well. And now they landed on Sonny Dykes, which is where we felt like they'd be the entire time. And I think it's, I think it's a, I mean, I am the opinion that this is a good hire. And I know that I sound like a Big 12 homer, but Look, I actually think this is a pretty decent hire. Like, Joey McGuire, I've got no clue. I think a lot of us don't know how good of a hire that is going to be. It feels like it's a decent hire at the most this moment in time, but I don't think anybody can say for sure where that hire is going to put Texas Tech. This hire feels like a natural fit because Sonny is from Texas, has experience in Texas, has recruited well for SMU in Texas, and then he takes a step up to TCU, which is a Power 5 school, obviously, SMU being in the AAC, which is, you know, they say, I always say P6 all the time, but it is the one uh, rung below, you know, the Power 5, obviously being uh, that sixth conference right there. So questions, you know, could be asked, but hey, is he ready for this step up? Obviously things can go well for him at Cal. I thought that was a bad fit. If you heard this podcast before, I've also said that I thought it was a bad fit, uh, you know, him at Cal, just not a natural partnership that seemed to make a whole lot of sense. This one makes a bit more sense. Considering his Texas ties, considering how well he did at SMU, it's a nice step up to go across town. And that We've seen SMU's recruiting class kind of get dismantled throughout the day. What can he do now with um, about 20 days here or so until the early signing date? And can he, can he put some things together? Can he, can he make some things happen over there in Fort Worth for TCU? My, my money's on, uh, on yes. My money is on a is on a big yes for him to be able to put some things together right now, uh, you know, at TCU. But th- let's see what happens. Let's see what the coordinator hires he makes. 
Let's see who the guys he brings in to help him recruit. Let's see what he does. But I do think um, the way he kind of adapt that, uh, that offense this year is going to make it a lot of fun to watch TCU. And also the questions are, what is TCU's new place in the new conference? Um, is TCU, in my opinion, TCU should be a team that perennially competes for Big 12 championships. I think TCU should be a team that is consistently um, at the top. I, I think right now, if Mike Gundy stays especially, Oklahoma State's your alpha dog. If Luke Fickle somehow stays Cincinnati, they've got to be one, two. TCU with where they're located, their resources, what Gary accomplished there, everything that he established as what is possible at a program like TCU, they have got to be one of those teams you just automatically toss in the top three as well in the conference moving forward once Texas uh, – hell, Texas can stay. I still don't think. You know, Texas can stay, right? I mean, they've got to win today, but Texas can stay. And they ain't competing with those those three or four schools, right, you know, in the future, uh, potentially, you know. I know, obviously, Texas did beat TC this year. But, no, I mean, I think moving forward in, the, in this conference is, um, you know, the near future for it. Once it does lose Oklahoma and it does lose Texas, I do believe TCU. I do believe Oklahoma State. And I do believe the incomers Cincinnati can be factors. And also – Dave Aranda staying at Baylor, put them in the mix. We look at these teams that have played against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship in recent years. You've had these teams uh, like Baylor make surges. You're going to have a team in Oklahoma State this year be up there. Obviously, Cincinnati's has such a high-level competition. Is right now ranked number four. Got to win today. We'll touch on that in a little bit. And also, now you mentioned TCU, obviously, in the inaugural playoff. We're real close there, real close there to making that. And they've been a factor in Big 12 play recently. So, Obviously, no full judgments yet, but this seems like a natural transition from the G5 school that is in the Dallas Metroplex to now the P5 school that is in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area. And Sonny Dykes, your new head coach at DC. All right, quick break here. Uh, Hear a word from our sponsors. And then after that, we'll touch on uh, the two Big 12 games from today. And then we'll get out of here. I'll touch on Cincinnati and UCF getting victories as well. Today's show is brought to you guys by NetSuite from Oracle. This is it right here, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses use NetSuite right now and Through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. That is netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-C-A-A for special end-of-year financing at at, uh, NetSuite by Oracle right now. Once again, netsuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA today. All right, two results to get to from Big 12 play on this Black Friday. That rhymed. Let's go. Uh, first, we have to go to the Texas Longhorns, who it has been a long, long time since the Longhorns have tasted victory. Actually, the last victory was against those TCU Horn Frogs on October 2nd. But my friends, today, 22-17, they are victorious over the shorthanded, I'll give them that, Kansas State Wildcats. So, First off, big picture here for Texas. It was nice to see them get a win. No B. John Robinson. Uh, Casey Thompson had a finger injury that obviously was bothering him. The offense, the red zone offense was not great. No Skylar Thompson on the opposite side. 
Will Howard made a nice quitting himself, especially in that run. But, you know, there's there's a, a – people talk about this today. Like, Skylar Thompson is probably the most valuable player in the conference. And I know people say – like, so when you have an MVP award, right, football, basketball, whatever – to me, MVP is not who is the most valuable player. To me, when you're giving out the most valuable player award, the award itself, it is for who is having the best normally statistical season, best performer, best performance throughout an entire season. That's what bad. That's what the award means. When I'm when I'm using the term most valuable player in the actual term, like meaning of the terms most valuable player, Skylar Thompson makes them a completely different ball club. Because the way they run that offense, you need somebody who's got the confidence to manage all of it, the confidence to be there, the confidence to lead them back from an deficit against Texas Tech, the confidence to just run the offense ruthlessly, efficiently against Stanford like they did earlier on in the season. You know, to, to handle a situation like Oklahoma State where they did not have him, uh, to handle injuries well like he did very well against Oklahoma. He was spectacular despite the fact that he was injured in that contest. So – that is, you just see across the board, like Will Howard and Jaron Lewis have had some moments that they looked okay, but they've had a lot of bad moments as well. And, um, you know, it's just, it just shows how, what a great player he was. And it really does suck to see his last regular season game, him not be able to go out there. I, I, I am really hoping that he gets a shot with an NFL team to be a backup quarterback or something like that in some capacity way, shape, or form, because it feels like with that guy's experience level, that guy's comfort level, he is somebody you can trust to be a practice squad guy. But I just really do hope he gets opportunities in the league to, to, to further his football career, because it really did not end the last couple of years the way it should have if that was it for Skylar Thompson, the football player. I do think he deserves some more time to keep playing this game, and I think uh, all Big 12 fans are on the same page as me when I say that. Um, Texas, this was a... Crappy football game. This was an awesome win. Not going to sugarcoat it. Their defense got some big stop. Keandre Coburn uh, looked really sharp today in, in some big spots. That field goal at the end of the half could have gone a weird, disastrous way where you're saying, oh, my God, look at Texas. Nobody is out in the field. Oh, my Jesus. What, what are they doing here? They got it off. They got it in. The red zone offenses, like I said, weren't very good but they get the job done. And also what a game for Roshan Johnson, who obviously has been overshadowed some by B. John Robinson, but 31 carries, 179 and a score. He was putting the team on his back in this game. Xavier Worley does not reach a thousand yards in the season, but what an awesome year for the, uh, for the freshman. If they used him like they did now in the start of the season, he only got a few ca- uh, catches first three or four games. He would have been over a thousand yards. He's a spectacular player. What a catch by Cade Brewer in the end zone. A lot of fortitude and fight by Casey Thompson. Not a great day numbers-wise, but you could tell he was standing in there, hanging in there all game long. And then let's shout out Deuce Vaughn. I know he's not done for the year, but 24 for 143 and a score. And you could just tell, man. I mean, he he is just – he's such a difference maker. And it seems like he's getting better every single game. I really feel like I watch Deuce Vaughn, and I'm watching a player who's improving, who's understanding. You know, the way he – you watch him kind of make some runs to the outside. I'm not sure down in distance today. I don't know the outside where it looked like he was going to jump between the tackle and guard and then kind of kept bouncing. And it was like, oh, no, that's not exactly where I want to go. I'm going to go around that. And then I'm going to keep going and keep, and, and keep fighting forward and keep pursuing. So I, I just love watching him play. He's an absolute joy to watch play. And Skyler Thompson is a different player, but seven and five is a good year. Uh, it's a really good year. 
have to say for Kansas State, especially when they were at three and three. So, you know, going to win four of your last six games, it's a very good accomplishment, especially with a quarterback who was in and out. And Skyward Thompson, once again, man, fighting, fighting, fighting all year long, trying to give his team whatever he could to stay in there. Awesome performance by him in Texas. The offseason's got a lot of questions. It is going to ask a lot of questions of Texas at quarterback, uh, at the skill positions, especially up front. A lot of questions are going to be asked. How do they respond? How do they answer? Sark should be their guy moving forward. Five and seven season. We'll see if there's a chance they can make a bowl game. You know, you never know. A bowl game could come calling, could come asking. See if they want to play in it. Don't know that at this point, but Sark's got his work cut out for him as they move forward. All right, one more break, and we'll get to the last results. Today's show is brought to you by our friends from BetOnline.ag. Whole slate of college football, pro football, NBA, college hoops to bet on. This our, our, our Kansas Jayhawks lost today. Could have bet on Dayton. Uh, go do that at BetOnline.ag right now. Download the app. You can do it. Uh, you can download the app, or you can excuse me, you can go on your phone. You can go on your computer. Go on your iPod Touch. Who cares? Just go to BetOnline.ag today. New slick. Ready interface over there at Battle Online. When you download it, make sure you use that promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus upon your first deposit. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. And also go to Built Bar right now. That's built.com. That is built. Dot com. Check out all the deals they have available right now. Tons of flavors, tons of new flavors coming out all the time. If you use the promo code LOCK20, L-O-C-K-E-D-2-0, you're going to get their Black Friday 20% off discount right now. And they've got discounts on their Built Go, their Built Boost, their Built Bars. So once again, L-O-C-K-E-D-20 at Built.com today to get that discount. All right, quick sip of the beverage right here. A delicious uh, black cherry white claw today is the choice this evening. Also, hope you guys are all enjoying your uh, Black Friday, your Thanksgiving weekend. It's all about this right now. We're talking football. We're enjoying some drinks. We're you know we're we're doing it right now. All right. So uh, the other game we have to get to, and this one uh, finally has gone final. And this this conversation we're about to have is really going to be about one player. Um, Brees Hall and Iowa State absolutely lay the wood to TCU, 48-14. to 14. This is the day that one Brees Hall had on a day where it was, hey, will he break the record? He's one uh, touchdown on the ground away from 24 straight games and being the all-time record holder in NCAA history for consecutive games with touchdown rush. He got that, got a lot more. 18 carries, 242 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, and that's just on the ground. Two carries, 39 in a score through the receiving game. Um, This has been, you know, I I saw a lot of guys I follow on the Iowa State side of things today, you know, say, hey, he is, um, he is the GOAT in terms of Iowa State football. I mean, he is absolutely a joy to watch. And the fact that you know, we're, we've been taking it for granted. I, th- I think I have too. all season long, like being able to watch this guy play absolute 
absolute pleasure and honor. I mean, his understanding of space and where to go. You know, I talked about Deuce Vaughn knowing where to go. Like this guy is a home run hitter and it's, and, but, but, you know, he's a home run hitter, but also he's got the intermediate runs and the short runs. And because Iowa State's line's not been the most consistent, he's had a lot of moments where it's not been, uh, not been as impressive because, oh, one or two yards, 85. You know, that's kind of the game he will have sometimes. That's not always his fault. I think once you go to the NFL, and he will be a, I think, a really productive NFL player, they're going to use this guy more out of the backfield. They're going to have this guy um, be a premier back. He has got so much potential still and such a long way to go, but he is such a great, great college player. And uh, I don't know if he plays in the bowl game. I don't know if we're going to get the opportunity to see Brees Hall one more time. There's a very good chance we have seen Brees Hall's last game in an Iowa State uniform. Um, I would also, I'll just be honest, I would not blame him one bit. If I was actually advising him, if I was his you know, advisor, dad, agent, his potential agent, soon to be agent, whatever, I would say, look, Brees, it's such a position that's got, you know, so much injury worry. Since so many guys get hurt there, you know, a bowl game, a seven and five Iowa State man, like Texas Bowl is, is, is not worth it, right? And, um, I hate saying that because I love watching him play, but it's just not. And I want this guy to be healthy. I want him to have a great career because, boy, does he deserve it. And he is a microcosm for a lot of these guys, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, Mike Rose. Like, they, this is a special group of players for the Iowa State football program. And the fact that, that they got to celebrate them today in style, I know this season was a disappointment. But to watch them celebrate this group today and send them off right, and I know the bowl game still, we'll see who plays, but this this was awesome because they deserve this. This is the most important group of players in the history of Iowa State, the modern history, I should say, of Iowa State football. These guys are, are so important, and even if Matt Campbell stays or goes, these guys are proof of what is possible at Iowa State. Nine wins last year, and on a down a down season, seven and five. A down year for Iowa State was seven and five. A down year for Iowa State was having the ball the chance to tie against Oklahoma. A down year for Iowa State was beating Oklahoma State. A down year for Iowa State was getting beat barely by a Treston Ebner return for a touchdown. You know, and a nice punt return as well. Those are the things that did Iowa State in this season in my in a bad call against West Virginia, in my estimation. And, and they didn't finish games correctly, and they, they were not the best version of themselves. But the fact that they made a potential eight-win season, a down season for Iowa State, that speaks to the quality of the group and the coaching and the buy-in. And these guys have not quit at all this season. And it was awesome to see how emotional Matt Campbell was today. I also do the Locked On Nationals podcast, so I'll mention this right now. Ryan Zimmerman had a had a uh, Nationals first baseman had a goodbye pretty similar. Um, I know Matt Campbell's not saying goodbye, but like crying coming off the field, and you could see Matt Campbell in tears because this group is going to mean so much to him in his career. In terms, you know, wherever he's coached, this is a group that's, that's going to put him over the edge. That has put him over the edge and put him into the consideration of so many fans as an awesome coach. And this group means a lot to him. You could tell. What what an awesome moment to see him crying for the game. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know where he goes next, but I brought up the Ryan Zimmerman to say, like, that That kind of felt like goodbye. I could be wrong on both counts. You know, I, I could be wrong. Matt Campbell could have plenty more games to coach at Iowa State. And 
Ryan Zerman might have plenty more games to play in the Nationals jersey, but sometimes things just feel like goodbyes. This could have been the goodbye. Iowa State fans, you might feel like I'm totally off. This might just be the start. This might have been just the first group of awesome players that Matt Campbell has at Iowa State. We'll see. We'll see moving forward. On the TCU side, um, you know, tough one, obviously. They, they ran into a buzzsaw today. I mean, this this Iowa State team was not going to be beat. Uh, a lot of guys, I'd love to see Watts in the backfield, you know, a guy who's come over from defense now playing offense. The big man touchdown as well to Tyler Guyton was awesome to see too late in the season, getting the big fella involved. Max Duggan, obviously, still feels like he's not 100%, but he was out there gutting this one out. Look, I know they got their asses kicked today, a big, big loss, but this team's got some promise in the future. And Jerry Kill, shout out to you for taking over, man. Shout out to, shout out to you for taking over this team in a weird spot, getting them to play together, getting them to play well together. And I, uh, we really do wish him the best of luck in Mexico State because that's a guy who deserves the next shot at coaching. Final result that has to be mentioned today in the world of college football. Future Big 12 member Cincinnati wins 35-13 in Greenville uh, against uh, against uh, East Carolina, a decent East Carolina team. Um, they had a workmanlike performance, win by 22 points. Alec Pierce was a monster today in the receiving game. Desmond Ritter throws for two touchdowns and two picks. But they get the job done in another undefeated regular season for Luke Fickle. That is back-to-back undefeated regular seasons, man. That is fantastic at the group of five level. We've got so much more to say about Cincinnati, but I had to mention that today as we're getting out of here. And also, I think Gus Malzahn deserves a little bit of credit as well. 17-13 is not an eye-popping win, and that is what UCF got today over USF. But they go eight and four on a year. There was a whole lot of quarterback, uh, not shenanigans, but just movement for that team. And he gets them to rally. They go eight and four. They win in five of their last six games. And they finish at eight and four. And they'll find themselves in a bowl game. So Gus, good job by rallying. Future Big 12 member there getting the W today. And also now we've got our Big 12, or excuse me, our AAC championship game set up. Guess who? 12-0 Cincinnati, future Big 12 member, 11-1 Houston. Or excuse me, 10-1 barring a uh, barring, uh, 11-1 barring a UConn, a UConn loss, which I don't think is coming. Also, future Big 12 member. So a lot to look forward to with uh, those teams uh, eventually going to make their way to the conference. All right, that will do it for this uh, edition of Locked On Big 12. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore to next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.